Your Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief keeps you informed about what's happening in Annapolis, Anne Arundel County, and Maryland. Local news, local sports, local events, local opinion, and, of course, local weather. Your Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief starts now. Well, good morning. It's Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. This is John Frenet, and this is your Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. You know, I think we only have a few more days of the fall leaves looking this gorgeous in this area. I took a drive down River Road in Crownsville yesterday with my GoPro, and it is amazing. If you can get up there in the next day or so, you definitely want to do that. You can check out the video I took. It's on Twitter, YouTube, or our Facebook pages. Actually, you can go to Reddit, the subreddit for Annapolis. It's on there, too. All right, so let's get right into the news, shall we? Quite possibly the most disturbing story of the year is developing right now here in Annapolis. On Tuesday afternoon, a resident of Annapolis was at the Pitmoyer Rec Center and was assaulted by at least one election official. The assault required transport to the hospital and staples in his head for a laceration. If that's not disturbing enough, the Annapolis Police Department is refusing to produce the incident report and insisting that we submit a Public Information Act request for it, which will take up to 30 days. We submitted it immediately. My suspicion is that politics are at play here as we would not want word of polling place violence to get out and dissuade voters from turning out. With only one side of the story, the victim has said in an election judge came out of the polling location while he was on the sidewalk and told him to leave. He was joined by another person also believed to be another judge and an argument ensued. The second judge grabbed a camera that the victim was holding and ended up flinging him against the concrete wall. We are in the process of obtaining video from the incident. A city spokesman has said that she would try to expedite my request for the police report, but as of now, nothing from City Hall. Also of note, when I initially inquired about the incident, the Annapolis Police Department said there was no record of it. After I copied in the county and the Board of Elections on an email, they came back and said, oh, hey, we do have a record of it. And the spokesman said he had no idea why it was not included in the daily briefing. Please check back at ionanapolis.net a bit later on today as we get more information and we get the videos from that incident. And while we're talking about APD, they are investigating a shooting on Obery Court on Tuesday night. At about 6 p.m., they were called to the area for a report of shots being fired. And when they arrived, they found a man with multiple gunshot wounds to his torso. He was flown by Maryland State Police to Shock Trauma Center in Baltimore for his injuries. However, the Annapolis police say that they are non-life-threatening. pretty cool. If you know anything about Annapolis history, you know that we were a landing spot for slave trade. UNESCO has sponsored a Middle Passages Ceremonies and Port Markers project, which documents every port that was used to bring slaves into America. Annapolis has been named one of 43 ports in the Mid-Atlantic, along with what is known as the Middle Passage. A plaque or a port marker will be erected at City Dock in the future, and this is the result of a push by Mayor Buckley, County Executive Pittman, and local historian, and I might add descendant of some of the slaves who actually landed here, Janice Hayes-Williams, who is a wealth of information, by the way. The unveiling was held at Asbury United Methodist Church on Tuesday, and the plaque will be erected fairly soon. Hey, sort of something fun. Unscrambled Words did an analysis of Google searches for the most difficult to pronounce words in the United States. You ready? In letterman order, number 10, Fa, it looks like fo. Number nine, Dogecoin. Number eight, Worcestershire. Not to be confused with Worcester in Boston or Worcester here in Maryland. 
GIF, which they also say is equally acceptable as GIF. Number six, Noki. Number five, Nguyen. And I'm not sure why they have a last name on here, but that's that. Number four, Charcuterie. Number three, Omicron. And I don't know how that's on there. Have we not heard that a zillion times? Number two, Gyro, not Gyro. And number one, Acai. That's those berries they have in the supermarket. All right, so there you go. All right, and that's all I've got news-wise. Podcast stuff up this weekend on the Local Business Spotlight. We're going to hear from Peter Holland, who is an attorney specializing in identity theft, fixing it, not stealing yours. Be sure to listen to the bonus pod we dropped with Joan Osborne coming to the Rams Head on stage on November 10th. And last night, I dropped a personal one about voting at the prodding of a guy named Frank S. who texted me the other day. There's no need to go back and listen to that one. I'm going to tack that on here to the end of today's DNB. All right, and that is a wrap as always. Thank you for being you. And a thank you to our sponsors for the Daily News Brief, Solar Energy Services, the Christy Neidhart team of Northrop Realty, a long-end foster company, and Scout and Molly's. Now you need to hang tight because we have George from DCMDVA Weather with your locally forecast weather. And Trevor is back all refreshed from vacation with your Annapolis Makerspace Maker Minute. All that coming up in just a bit. Another moving moment from Christy Neidhart of the Christy Neidhart team from Northrop Realty, a long and foster company. Hi, I'm Christy Neidhart. Gearing up for the Bay Bridge Run Walk, I figured if I was going to walk, then why not do it for a cause? And why not bring along some friends too? I reached out to my Stacy Nicholson of CNR Insurance and Dale Watson of Alpha Engineering. And they said yes, but why stop there? So we're putting out an official challenge to join forces with us. So we'll walk for a cause Sunday, November 13th. All funds raised will support backpacks for kids, Christmas for children, and diapers for babies. These programs make a difference in the lives of people throughout our community. We invite you to walk with us. Join Team Walk the Walk Foundation, and registration is free. Visit WTWF.org to register and learn more. Already registered? No problem. You can still join our Walk the Walk fundraising team. What's that website again? WTWF.org. Together, we can rock this walk. Who's in? When you live near Annapolis, you know how fickle the weather can be. So you need a truly local forecast that's accurate and reliable. Forecast right here in Annapolis. DCMDVA weather is not just for today, but for the rest of the week and the weekend, too. Now, here's George Young of DCMDVA weather with the weather outlook for today and beyond. Hey, everyone, this is George with DCMDVA weather, and this is your eye on Annapolis forecast for Thursday, November 3rd. Yesterday brought very comfortable weather to the Annapolis region, and it'll be more of the same today through the weekend with Saturday and Sunday likely getting that much better with temps into the 70s. Look for sunshine today and tomorrow with PM highs in the mid-60s to maybe lower 70s, followed by more sun Saturday with PM highs in the mid to possibly upper 70s in spots. With more mid-70s or so on Sunday, though clouds are likely to fill the sky the majority of the day, and there's even a very small but valid chance of a scattered rain shower the first half of the day Sunday, but overall a really nice weekend for the region for the first weekend in November. And temps should stay above average through Wednesday of next week before finally cooling down to more average temps around 60 degrees for highs by Thursday or Friday. Okay, that's it for today. This is George Young of DC MDVA Weather. Make it a great day out there today. Stay healthy and be safe. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for regular updates each day. 
along with our website at dcmdvaweather.info. And definitely be sure to download our DCMDVA Weather app on all of your devices from either the Apple or Google App Stores so you can always stay weather informed. Ready for a new look for those end of summer parties? Come see us at Scout Molly's. I'm Betsy Abraham. My mom and I own and operate this great little boutique at the Annapolis Town Center. After spending the last two years shopping online, come enjoy a fun in-person shopping experience with a bonus, real customer service. We'd love to help you pick out the perfect outfit for back-to-school Annapolis boat shows and nights out with your friends. Scout and Molly's, Annapolis Town Center. Thanks for shopping local. Every week, makers, crafters, and educators hold events all over the area. Highlighting some of those, here's our Maker Minutes, brought to you by Annapolis Makerspace. Hey, this is Trevor from Annapolis Makerspace with this week's Maker Minutes. The Maryland STEM Festival is in full swing, with events all over Maryland celebrating STEM and STEAM topics for both kids and adults through the end of November. Check their calendar for events happening near you at MarylandSTEMFestival.org. Sunday, check out the final first Sunday Arts Festival of the year, labeled as their holiday market, with lots of local vendors, food trucks, and live entertainment, and knits and pieces off of Bestgate Road. Monday, their advanced sweater class, Great Gingham, starts a new four-week session. On Tuesday, check out Warm Hands and Heart, Crochet Mitts class, with the first of two sessions, as well as on Tuesday, their Christmas Sock class starts, with the first of three sessions. Registration is open for a class coming up on the 12th which is a repeat of their title Pools Cow Crochet class. At Art Farm in Annapolis, Sunday they have another Vibe Flow and Chill Yoga class, and the kids' fall semester continues with Today, Exploring Process and Pattern for ages 10 through 15. Saturday, there's Experimenting with Layered Painting for ages 9 through 12. Monday, there's a Kids' Art School for ages 6 through 8, as well as Embroidery for ages 10 through 14. Then on Wednesday, there's Fundamentals of Drawing for ages 8 through 11, as well as Artist Wanted, Intro to Graphic Design for ages 12 through 16. At the Anne Arundel County Public Library System this week, today, Glenn Burney has created a tactile book where kids 10 and under can learn the Braille alphabet and practice embossing Braille as well as create a tactile panel using an assortment of craft materials. Eastport Annapolis Neck is doing pre-K process art with fizzy painting. Broadneck has fun with crayon art for ages 10 and under. And Bush Annapolis has a crafternoon. On Saturday, Maryland City is doing a constellation party. Discover the patterns of the stars through crafts and activities, creating your own constellations and learning about ways to view them on a clear evening. On Monday, Brooklyn Park has STEM for Littles, a preschool introduction to STEM, and Odenton has Sewing 101 for Teens. Tuesday, Eastport Annapolis Neck has another Make It session. They supply the materials and you bring your creativity. Deal has STEM Fun, making an electric car. With all materials supplied, use an experience kit to make an electric car, part of the Maryland STEM Festival celebration. Also on Tuesday in Deal, they have a Crafternoon celebrating thankfulness at Unallocated Space in Severn. Tonight, there's a virtual happy hour. Tomorrow, there's a hybrid virtual and in-person DC 443 Hack the Box working group, honing cybersecurity skills in a fun and social environment. Saturday, they have a Brawlhalla video game tournament. Monday is their project night. Tuesday, their electronics fundamentals continues. And Wednesday is their weekly open house. At the Patuxent Lapidary Guild, Sunday they have Cabbing 201 with Intarsia, exploring the Intarsia wood inlay technique dating back to the 7th century, a way to seamlessly join two different pieces of material, in this case slabs of stone. And at Annapolis Makerspace this week, tomorrow, Kathy's hosting Make a Custom Photo Jigsaw Puzzle with Cricut. If you have any questions about the Annapolis Makerspace, the Maker Minutes, or any of these events, feel free to contact me at trevor at makeannapolis.org. And you can find links to all of these events at the Annapolis Makerspace website also at makeannapolis.org. Whether you're making art, software, sawdust, or just a mess, chances are you're already a maker. 
This has been Trevor from Annapolis Makerspace with this week's Maker Minutes. Hello, energy consumers. This is Rick Peters, president of Solar Energy Services. Have you been looking for ways to save money recently? Maybe you should consider solar energy for your home. Or are you waiting for the technology to get cheaper? If so, how long are you going to wait? Today's solar costs less than 20% of what it cost 10 years ago. But while solar prices have declined every year, so have the financial incentives. Bottom line, if you wait for cheaper solar, you're also waiting for lower incentives. Take my home, for example. My solar system was installed in 2010, and it's been paid off for almost five years, and I no longer have to buy any electricity for another 15 to 20 years. If I waited for cheaper solar, I'd still be paying an electric bill. At Solar Energy Services, we have thousands of satisfied customers who are sure glad they didn't wait. So what are you waiting for? Sunshine's a wasted. Call us today for a free solar design at 410-923-6090 or on the web at solarsaves.net. Sunshine, sunshine, nothing else can make me feel so fine. You've been listening to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief. Tell your friends and colleagues, this is the podcast where you can keep up on the latest with what's going on in Annapolis and Anne Arundel County. And don't forget about our website, IonAnnapolis.net, where you can find even more information. And make sure you follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at IonAnnapolis. This Daily News Brief podcast comes to you every Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. The other day, I received a text from Frank S. I don't know who he is, but he's a listener to our Daily News Brief, and he asked me how I voted. Well, now, to be fair to Frank, he wasn't asking me specifically for the candidates I voted for, but exactly how I selected him. He suggested people might like to know my method. So, to Frank, I say thank you very much for the prod. All right, so here we go. And this may be a bit rambling, but hey, you get what you pay for. My mantra has always been to do your own research and vote for the best candidate for you. I have said that a number of times on the DNB, on ionanapolis.net, on our Facebook and Twitter feeds. So how do you do the research? Before we get into that, I got to give you some background. I grew up in a conservative family and they were pretty much all Republicans, except for my great aunt Frances, I suspect. She was a little bit nutty. I registered Republican almost by default. But after my first few elections, and that's going back into the 80s, it dawned on me that pulling that R lever really made no sense because there are good people with different letters in their names. Ideologically, I am firmly in the center, but I lean to the right fiscally and a bit to the left socially. I think a lot of the COVID dollars were ridiculous when I hear that people bought private planes with the money and used the loans to fund long overdue renovations. That's the conservative side of me. Liberal side, let's say the border. We need to welcome immigrants. It's what this nation was built on, what I'm related to, what you're related to. But we need to have a process to do it. We need to do it quickly. And we need a program to deal with the folks that are already here illegally quickly. I wish I had the answer to it, but way above my pay grade. But in today's world, there is no middle ground. Just look at most statewide and national races, and you'll see that there is generally a far left and a far right. So as Steeler's Wheel might say, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Now, how I research and investigate. I am fortunate in that I know many of the candidates personally, and on occasion, some I consider friends, but that's not going to guarantee a vote. I read their websites. Yes, they are crafting their message there and putting themselves in the best light. Anybody would, but they're not likely to outright lie on them. I look for the positions on issues that are important to me and see if their thoughts are somewhat similar to mine. 
I ignore any website created by or on behalf or in favor of an opponent. Here is where you're going to find the lies. The opponent has everything to gain by lying about another candidate and nothing to lose. Likewise, I ignore mailers. I'll tell you, if Photoshop charged politicians money for making candidates look ghoulish, they'd be able to give it to us all for free. One candidate will always be in full color, smiling and maybe kissing babies, and the other one looks emaciated, gray, and probably kicking a cat. I do attend debates and town halls, or I watch them online now. I watch how the candidates respond, and are they measured? Are they thoughtful? Are they respectful? Or are they antagonistic and evasive? I actually prefer the debates where the questions are taken from the audience and not cherry-picked by the sponsoring entity. We all have our biases, and if you attended the county executive debate a few weeks ago, you could see them pretty clearly. When you have an audience question, the candidates have no idea what's coming. Do you wear boxers or briefs? If we're dealing with an incumbent, I watch how that incumbent behaved while in office. Are they responsive? Are they transparent? Are they genuinely trying to do the best job? Have they kept any campaign promises? Have they explained why they haven't? I also trust my gut a lot. They say that you form an opinion on someone in about 30 seconds, and to a degree, this is true. If I find someone seems to be genuinely good, I will support them until and unless they give me a reason not to. In a candidate, I look for someone who honestly wants to help and is not a political climber. There's no room for dingleberries in politics. Sometimes you'll see the same name on the ballots time after time trying for some office, any office. Please, just elect me. No, sorry, you're never getting my vote. Nor will you get my vote if you switch parties without a plausible explanation. This one is a bit controversial, but I will always, always break up a team or a slate with my vote. We see it all the time, and I'm going to use an old example. The ABC team, vote for Astel Bush and Claggett. Sorry, one of them needs to go. I want diversity in my leaders and not a bunch of drones that think alike. I want to know that my elected officials are reasonable and willing to discuss and argue the issues for valid reasons, not just because somebody has an R or a D after their name. Judges are a particularly tricky situation. They're supposed to run without a party designation, and then they team up as a slate. What is the common denominator? We don't really know. Is it their party? That's the likely thing. Is it their biases? Are they all members of Annapolis Yacht Club? Who knows? How fair would a trial for a man charged with DUI be if all the judges say we're on the board of MAD? All right, maybe not a great example, but you do get the idea. And finally, my gut comes into play a lot of times. I talked about the first impressions, but thanks to my dad, I will also judge a candidate by their ability or inability to look me in the eye when they're talking to me and the firmness of their handshake. I do realize that there is no candidate that will align with me 100%, and there is no way in hell I will ever run for office, hence the group text shared among two close friends. We say it's insurance that none of us will ever run or come out alive anyhow. I did vote early this year, and I did vote by mail. The first day I got the ballot, I returned it. I knew who I was voting for. And if you saw my ballot, you would see that I voted for Republicans and Democrats alike. And I broke up those slates and teams. After the last six or so years, I am looking for reasonable. And I don't think that's unreasonable. And that is a diss on the Republicans and Democrats. The center has left the room, and we are dealing with two extremes for the most part. As voters, it's our job to get out and vote and vote for reasonable Let's get together and see if we can't pull the sides in a bit closer, because if we do, I think we'll all be better off for it. So there you have it. Thanks for listening. And again, thank you very much, Frank, for the poke. I appreciate it. 
Now go out there and boat.